If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Welcome to Weekly, a new Eurogamer podcast where we recap the week for you. I'm Bertie, your host, the writer for the site, and I'm joined each week by members of the Eurogamer team and beyond as we whisk through the news, features, reviews and videos we've published on the site this week. Supporters of the website get these episodes on Fridays, a few days before everyone else. To find out more about becoming a supporter, check the description below. Joining me today are Eurogamer Editor-in-Chief Martin Robinson. Hi, Martin. Hello. And ReadPop Deputy Editorial Director Wesley Yin Paul. Hey, Wes. Hello, Bessie. So, it still sounds very weird when it sounds very weird when anyone says that out loud. I know. You're telling me. Um, <laughs> um, so this then is the week ending Friday, 13th of May, auspicious for some, 2022. And Big news has just landed, literally as we we're about to press record on this podcast, that Starfield, Bethesda Game Studios' next big game um, set in sci-fi universe, has been delayed uh, to the first half of 2023. I'm, I'm still feeling a bit shocked about that. I think we're all like, we're all still literally reading it. Literally just, it literally just landed while we just, we just the like, timing. turned up was incredible, yeah. Um, so this had a specific a a date of yeah. 11th of November. Yeah, 11, 11, 22 which they will have been desperate to hit because it was, you know, it is, it was a statement date release date. Yeah. And also like what else has Xbox got? You know, this was going to be an Xbox exclusive. True. And so, the reason they're holding it back is because they, they just want a bit more time with it. It's the sort of boilerplate statement where they say, we can't wait for you to play it. We need some more time. Thanks for all the support. We can't wait to show you the game soon. You know, we want to make it the best, most polished versions of them. It could be the case that they wanted, they were in a situation where it could have come out, but it would have had <laughs> lots of bugs and stuff. The kind of stuff that they, you know, historically... It's a Bethesda game. It wouldn't be a Bethesda done. game without... Well, without maybe that, they right? want to change that. Maybe they want to be... This was like the change. And they, if they put it out then now, it just wouldn't... You know, they wouldn't have been able to get it to, it would have just been oh, Bethesda's done it again. You know the dragons are flying backwards. The the buckets are on the NPCs. You know, obviously not this game, but the spaceships went... are flying backwards. The, <laughs> Maybe the, there were enough bugs. Maybe they played it, and it was like because if you played one, that's if you played one of those Bethesda games, that didn't happen. You'd be disappointed. Maybe there weren't enough bugs in it, and I was like, I mean, you would be on. disappointed. You can still <laughs> you, you we want polished games. <laughs> you can still get space buckets, right? Well, yeah. you know, you throw up a lot in space. Although it just sort of floats away. It's more of a net. Um, <laughs> space net. Uh, I'm yeah, like, I, just, I, am, I can't like, believe it in a way. I can't because they have the date locked in. I'm, I'm, I'm like, shocked, wow. but also not too... Like, I am, it is a shock, but uh, also we hadn't really seen anything of it. Um, and I, I, I keep thinking, am I not paying attention or something? But it's been such a, like, such a slow drip feed of stuff. Yeah, but that... everyone was sort of looking at the, the Xbox and Bethesda showcase for June as being like, right, 
you know, and that would have been fine, you know, June and then leading up to November. It wouldn't. Yeah. But so now it's kind of like, what do they have? Nothing. Halo Infinite Season Three. <laughs> Halo <laughs> Battle Royale. <laughs> Yeah. When do you think they made a call on this? Do you think it was like a week ago or like a month I think, ago? I don't think it was that long ago. Yeah, yeah I think it would have been within, think... within the past few days, really. And do you think it's probably the state of whatever they're making for the June showcase? Do you think that's made them go... Maybe. Yeah, yeah. that's a good shout. I wrote it's a good shout because they would have been getting... That, that would have been a big milestone for them to get it ready to show off. And then they'd have looked at it and going, this isn't ready to show off. So there's, a, yeah. there's a lot of... Like Cyberpunk was two years ago, but it's still fresh in the memory for a sure. lot of game companies. And... You know, maybe they were worried that it was going to have that sort of cyberpunky launch effect. Um, so, because it's Xbox One game. This first half, um, twenty twenty three, is that worrying? It's a bit vague. I don't know. It seems a bit. It feels like this happens quite a lot. Basically, obviously, with like the Q one is a new Q four. Um, it's something we've been saying for ages. How, oh, the games seem to just be rammed into. Um, January to March next year, so I could see it coming in March. But then you've got you've got Breath of the Wild two, the potential new Switch next March as well. And yeah, we said just... this last year about this year. I know exactly. <laughs> 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 what happened? It just keeps on going on. What what year is it? Um... <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just like Jesus Christ. I was thinking, you know, Starfield was going to be like as a sort of November. Christmas game, like yeah. massive, enormous, like tens of millions of sales. Game Pass subs through the roof for Christmas, like you know, and they would have they had it all to themselves. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like what what were they going up against? COD, there's no, it's not really crossover. You know, Sony, God of War is, you know, God of War will be next. I'm waiting for the tweet from Sony. Exactly um, the same words, but for God of I War. Had, I had no expectations of God of War being a 2022 game. I think that, I thought well, I've always thought that was a 2023 game. Still down for uh, still down for 2022 officially. So we're still reeling from this. We should also say that Redfall, the arcane uh, co-op shooter, um, not quite as significant as, as Starfield, but that's also been pushed back to uh, the first half of 2023 in the same vague window. But let's leave that behind. Uh, for now, and let's whisk on because uh, time is running away with us. Um, so one of the <laughs> that's what Bethesda said. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> one when of the Phil, things... Phil Spencer came to visit. Sorry, Bertie. Yeah. <laughs> this is why I'm not on these things. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Just causing so, chaos. One of the big things that happened in news this week, and we're not going to dwell on it because there has been a whole newscast uh, podcast about it, which you can listen to uh, on this feed as well. But we have to touch on it. Um, EA rebranded its FIFA series, or more accurately, it ditched the FIFA branding. The football series is still going to continue, but the games are going to be called something else. Wes, as a FIFA fan, what the hell's going on? I know. What a news week. Jamie Mack. Um, nearly 30 years of FIFA by, from EA. Just uh, I know. That's ends. I just, the, the depressing thing was, because I've been playing since the start, which is really sad. And I remember I was playing. I played the first one, which had David Platt on the cover, with the, uh, the uh, which is which just makes me feel incredibly old. Oh my god! With I was the, still uh, Pez then, or ISS. I think it was then. 
ISS, uh, what is, this is 90, what is it, 93, 94, the Mega Drive one with, uh, yeah, the isometric one. I mean, I only played the first, I played the first two, then obviously being a gaming hipster, moved back to ISS, or to ISS. Um, I had the amazing kind of bug or feature in it where if the referee was about to book you, you could just keep on running away indefinitely. <laughs> and they, yeah. and then they, they couldn't book you until they caught you. And so if you're playing a two-player match, you can just really wind someone up by just basically being really filthy and then spending the entire match running away from the referee. Beautiful. That is such, you would definitely do that. You, All the time. Absolute scumbag. Bring back that bug. <laughs> so, what, so what does this mean? Because I think the biggest problem for a lot of people is the wording. Because to, to fans, to the millions of fans who play this game around the world, it's FIFA. Mm. What was it now? It, it, it's called, it will be called. So people forget the actual official name for the game now is EA Sports FIFA. Yeah. No one ever says that out loud. No one even writes that. So the, the new game is going to be called EA Sports FC. So no one will say that out loud. Um, they might say FC. It's the same number of syllables as FIFA. Like, yeah. if you're playing the new FC, will be a thing that I think eventually, over the course of a few years, people will just start saying. It's going to be hard, though, because it's like COD. It's like like FIFA. is. It's like FIFA, COD, and Mario. You just feel like they're just the three staples. And I, like, even, I think even after the Switch, people are still going to call FC FIFA. And then whatever FIFA is, people just won't call it anything because they won't be playing it. Um, but yeah, it's just going to be really hard to make that to make that change because it's just one of those things that's just been part of the landscape for so long. I know FIFA. Are so you still going to call it FIFA? I'm sure I, I, it's going to be hard not to for a while. You, are you calling eFootball Pez? Yeah, basically. <laughs> it's well, not Pez. It's, it is still Pez. I call it winning. I should call it winning eleven. Actually, I think you'll find. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course you do. We should say that. Not much about the game is actually changing. All the licensed clubs and all that kind of stuff. Like, really, it's going to be almost exactly the same. It's just that EA doesn't have to spend, and this is probably why they don't have to spend billions of dollars um, on the franchise. Right. Yeah. So it's ultimately about two corporations arguing over money, which is, you know, not not the reason people go out to play football in the backyard, but it's the reality of big business. Um, for the at least in the short term. Like, there won't be any change. So EA is actually putting a FIFA game out. It's last FIFA game out this year. And that will have the World Cup content, official World Cup content for the World Cup this uh, December in it. That will be EA's last FIFA game. And then from next year, um, FIFA will is free to contract other developers to make FIFA games. And there's a slightly demented quote from the, the guy who runs FIFA at the moment, who's like, FIFA is the best. It's, it literally says <laughs> the best in all caps in his statement. Just like proper Trumpian. Yes, so Trump. Yeah, it's incredible. And um, he's like, FIFA 24 is going to be like, FIFA 20, unless you've got someone lined up now, has been working on this for like the last decade, you're not competing with EA at all. Like, who, who are you going to pull out the hat to make a FIFA, an EA Sports FC killer for next but there is, for next year. Like, there, it's not there is happen. a football sim. There is a football sim that's been quietly tooling up for the last couple of years, isn't there? It's not going to be anything like. I know, but I'm just saying, just in terms of they could, But I'm saying like, so EA was, was reportedly giving FIFA 150 million dollars a year for the privilege of putting wow. FIFA on the box, and. FIFA reportedly wanted twice that 
So they wanted to double it. Because, and you know, corporations do this all the time. You know, this was a deal signed years ago. This FIFA is massive, makes billions of dollars. You know, they go, we want more money. Okay, that doesn't necessarily make FIFA evil. Corporations do this all the time. They reassess deals when the money's, money is there. Um, FIFA also reportedly wanted to um, make it non-exclusive. And EA weren't happy with that because yeah, they course, got exclusive yeah. on FIFA. They spent a lot of time and money building up the brand and they weren't happy with that either. So, you know, they've just walked away. Um, EA, FIFA, the corporate, the entity, the, the institution will do, will do incredibly well to get $150 million out of someone to, to, to make a FIFA game. Like, it's well, Konami just, just posted. Konami just posted their best year yet. Okay, I, I don't think eFootball contributed to that bottom line. <laughs> Not, you know, I don't know the ins and outs, but I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that didn't work out well for them. Okay, let's leave football behind um, and crash on. Um, interesting stuff to come from that. I can't wait to see how it develops. It's all gossipy and, and juicy. Um, so another big thing that happened this week was the Nintendo Indie World showcase um, a stream of announcing new games and dates or games that were coming to switch um, martin as our resident not our only switch um, fan but as one of the biggest here which games jumped out at you in this showcase uh there was some cool stuff there um oh, okay. but it felt i obviously it was it was defined by the absence of a couple of big games i think which were uh, Silk Song, obviously, uh, the Hollow Knight follow-up, which everyone's been eagerly waiting for for uh, what feels like an eternity. And um, I think it's, it was the longest distance we've had in between Nintendo Indie Directs. And so the expectation was that um, they were holding out for something. We was all thinking, oh, they must be holding out for the Silk Song release date. And it was it just wasn't it didn't feature at all, sadly. And um, Sports Story, as well, which is a follow-up to kind of. Um, a darling of kind of the early years of Switch uh, golf story, which is fantastic. We've all been waiting for that. That wasn't there either. Um, and there was cool stuff there, but it feels like it's cool stuff that you've played on PC before mm. or that might run better on PC. Like, um, well, like totally awesome uh, battle simulator, uh, accurate battle simulator, even tabs, uh, which um, we don't think is going to run that well on a Switch because um, yeah. it barely runs that well on, a, on an Xbox. Um, Ooblets coming out this summer looks cool. Um, there was, oh, I forgot, I'm going to have to be cheat now and bring up the story because <laughs> I can't remember so everything there's, that's there's in there. There's an interesting game that's so called um, We... <laughs> there's an interesting game coming out called We Are OFK. I don't know what that stands for. Uh, yep. I, I imagine it's a swear word in the middle, but uh, I'm not sure. Anyway, probably completely wrong. But this is quite interesting. It's like a an episodic uh, narrative game um, that's coming to Switch um, with the first two episodes coming in the summer. Um, and it's about a, a band, uh, so there's music in it. Uh, that's going to be a strong part of it. This sounds like quite an interesting idea. Yeah, it's cool. It's been uh, it's been knocking around for a while, um, and it's had a certain presence at some uh, shows before because it's obviously very visually arresting. It looks beautiful. Um, although all these games do seem to be coalescing into a single aesthetic, so it does become mm. a bit hard to tell them apart. So I'm being quite negative, and I shouldn't be, because We Are OK looks fantastic. Are you, are you saying all indie games look the same, Ryan? A little bit. Nowadays, they do a little bit. Unfortunately, um, they all seem to have settled on this kind of this aesthetic, which they all share a bit too a bit too readily. Um, uh, but uh, we are okay. It does look fantastic. Um, obviously, it's like a narrative thing with an EP uh, associated to it as well, and a musical title, which is fantastic. In terms of musical stuff as well, one of the standouts to me was Soundfall. I thought it looked brilliant, like mm. rhythm infused twin stick shooter. Um, so did, yeah, did, the... did I get this right with Soundfall that it? 
procedurally generates levels based around the music. I think so. I think I think along some along those lines. I haven't actually played it yet. That's because that um, sounds. Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah. That sounds good. It's also coming to PC and Xbox. Like a lot of these games, um, they were also. A lot of them are coming to PC and or. And there's stuff there's stuff like Elekhead is coming, which is one of our favourite games of last year. I think Elekhead's coming to um to Switch. Mini Motorways came to Switch, which uh, never heard of it. Donlin Donlin won't ever stop going on about it. <laughs> um, there's um, a game called Given Beyond the Trees, um, which is from the Old Man's Journey people, which is actually out now, and I'll be playing next week, I think, uh, to write something about that. I also played a game called Cult of the Lamb, which is Devolver's uh, new sort of uh, kind of a hack and slash game with kind of rpg elements it's got a sort of enter the gungeon style vibe but without the guns um, the weird thing about the um the, it, there was so much cool stuff but the weird thing about the show for me was like i i obviously love my switch and everything but looking at yesterday it just made me think these would be great on steam deck <laughs> that's all i kept yeah. thinking is like this thanks nintendo for showing all me these games which i'm probably going to pick up on steam deck now um because of the switch feels like it's kind of lost its position a little bit as a place to play Call that's of Duty because of that that would be interesting to see. Anything else from the the showcase you fancy mentioning? Um, no, that was, there was some absolutely fantastic stuff. Uh, Gumbrella, I think, was the last one, uh, which was looked absolutely incredible from um, the developer of Gata Roboto, which has some of the kind of most incredible hit pauses I've come across in video games in recent years. Um, I've never just, heard yeah, anyone thing. praising the hit pauses, but I like hit pauses. So yeah, they're good in Gata Roboto. Okay, well let's I remember. leave that behind then and smash on. Um, I wanted to talk quickly about. Um, Microsoft's new adaptive accessory range. Um, so this kind of builds on the Xbox adaptive controller, although it's PC uh, based for now. And what it is, is it's like a, a trio of things. Um, it's a hub that you can plug um, and adapt adaptive buttons in, which you can kind of customize and an adaptive mouse. And the idea is um, that you get this kind of uh, bunch of things and you set them up in the way you want to. You can also configure them and modify them in the way you want to with like 3D printed. Uh, bits and bobs and it should give you a really customizable way to interact with I mean games wasn't the focus um, you know uh, any kind of software um, any kind of uh, computer um, device PC surface laptops um, but there was a Minecraft um, section on it this lady playing Minecraft and she had managed to set up another controller um, that she could use for her cheek which was um, useful for her and this enabled her to have something like three inputs rather than two uh, running at one time um, which is awesome. And I just wanted to praise Microsoft for their continued kind of development in this area and working with the accessibility community to kind of find more solutions um, and find more, give people more tools to, to adapt um, to the way they want to play, really. So well Microsoft done. Microsoft is so far ahead of everyone else on this, it seems. It's, they're they're working, so the working here is fantastic. And yeah, hugely appreciated. And yeah, just echoing what you said, like a, a massive thank you to them basically for their continued hard work in the in the area and come on sony basically and nintendo, yeah, and nintendo really well yeah what yeah <laughs> <laughs> i can't I, sony i could see sony making gestures towards it. i can't see nintendo unfortunately ever making much of an effort in that area maybe i'm wrong maybe there isn't going on there but i just i can't i can't see nintendo unfortunately ever caring that much about it so moving on uh, quickly, there was some mixed feedback around um, some footage of the new Gotham Knights game. I don't know if you guys saw this or if you, you had an opinion on, on what you saw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes and yes. I mean, it's cool. it, It's a game that is not out yet. Uh, it's been delayed heavily um, and it's clearly gone through a troubled development. Um, 
and yeah and so first of all my heart goes out to everybody working on it um at Warner Brothers Montreal I'm sure it's been tough um uh, and so yeah just <laughs> keep at it um but yeah it, it wasn't a strong showing unfortunately uh for various reasons uh obviously the the most obvious one for a, a casual uh player of the Arkham Knights games like me is like why would I want to play an Arkham Knight game without Batman what's the point of a Batman game without Batman and some of the stuff they've kind of put in place in there just doesn't seem to sit that well with it uh, especially the double soul jump which I know where's oh my god <laughs> I just I mean there's I I I, I think it looks genuinely bad but not all not not only for thing reasons that I think that they can address. I think there have been some decisions they've made that are fundamentally incorrect, <laughs> right? And and that is one of them. The idea that you've got this this character in in the gritty Gotham, you know, the home of of Batman, who who is has no superpowers. Uh, facing off against you know characters like Joker who have no who has no superpowers, so in in the context of this setting and and this what you know the, the the universe really you have a character who they have given the most ridiculous magic power to just so that he can keep up, right? It's literally because they have to otherwise the gate he wouldn't work in this game because he cannot fly. He cannot glide. Batman, Batman does can't fly. He falls. You know, he's that classic <laughs> he Buzz Lightyear. Yeah. He's the Buzz. Yeah. So, but it's the, it, it's flying, and this character cannot do that. He cannot teleport. You know, so they've given him mad like magic soul power that shoots out of his feet to do magic double jumps over the map. And is this something which is not in? I'm I'm not I'm I'm not exactly the. Uh... Well versed in DC universe, I'm well. I'm just a Superman boy, not a Batman boy. Um, so, is this is this something that's in the in the comics? I'm not sure. Is, this, um, is he, can he double is double soul jumping? I, canon? I don't. I don't even think it matters. It's all about <laughs> it's all about the game, right? And in the context of this game, being able to double jump around this Gotham, rainy, dark, gritty, grindy like Gotham, you know, using soul energy. You know, is is it's absurd? It's it's just so stupid looking and silly. No one will want to be that character doing that, right? And that's not the only problem with this character. This character is a a ranged shooty character. Right? On this point, so so he has two machine guns, right? Because I was watching the trailer and I was like, oh, boring, you know, guns. But the guns have non-lethal bullets. <laughs> it's so that's stupid. Right, it's like, and at one point. He's pumping this this bad guy full of whatever like non-lethal pellets he's shooting them with, and he's quite close to him. And this 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 enemy is it may as well not be happening. It doesn't care. It's not move reacting in any way. It's not flinching. There's no feedback that this guy is getting shot. It's like two water pistols literally into the gut of like the strongest person on the planet and it may as well not be happening it looks like the weakest most it, it, like lack of impact combat i've seen since you know the bad old days of wow wow killers where you you know you <laughs> the like, mmo combat where, where there's no you're pressing a button and something happens and 
you know, the numbers go down, but there's literally nothing happening on screen to suggest that they're being hit with anything. It's like that. And, you know, yeah, it's, it's got kind of may cry. Like, Dante pulls out his, his guns. You know, this is a combat you're up against. You know, Devil May Cry, the last Devil May Cry, he's shooting stuff. And it's amazing. It's like, you know, that's what they're up against. And if it's not like that and you're doing a gun melee combat game, Bayonetta, you know, yeah. then it looks terrible. Now, don't get me started on the other guy. Jesus Christ. Like, I don't want to get you started because we're up against it. So we're going to, we're going <laughs> to, we're going to move on. Must I think be stopped. I think it's safe to say that you're not impressed. <laughs> so you've got to be careful. I'm not this impressed. is the only game coming out in Q4, though. So you've got to, you, you better you better like it because that's what we've it's got. It's probably basically. really good in co-op. Um, okay, moving on. Um, <laughs> just quickly, um, Apex Legends is coming to mobile next week. For those of you who care, and I expect that's a lot of you. Uh, that's Android and iOS, and that's on Tuesday, seventeenth. Um, Tuesday's the eighteenth. Anyway, so whichever. Um, there or thereabouts. Also, sadly, um, Ocean Software co-founder David Ward uh, passed away, aged 75. Um, so a quick look at Digital Foundry this week. We had John Linneman looking at Switch Sports through a technical and non-technical lens and comparing it to the Wii Sports games that came before it, the ones that showcased the Wii famously and how you could throw your Wiimote at the telly. And in fact, uh, people were doing the same uh, with Switch. Um, we had Will Judd reviewing the new $550 AMD graphics card, the RX 2750 XT, just in case you know which one that means. And he called it <laughs> a modest mid-gen upgrade. Um, in Video Land this week, we had Ian doing more VR modding. This time it was Elden Ring. Um, so there's a video of him going around the Elden Ring world, which is predictably and obviously amazing in, in VR with the colossal monsters and all the kind of weird uh, scenery and sort of twisted fantasy that that game has. Um, we had Ian and Aoife playing the co-op dungeon puzzling game, We Were Here Forever, which I still haven't had a chance to try, but which looks great, actually. And we yeah, had Zoe doing it. more lore deep dive um, on Elden Ring, this time on Godwin the Golden, whose absence is the kind of starting point for the whole game and why everything's gone a bit Pete Tong. Um, <laughs> In Do you reviews, think Miyazaki wrote that in the design doc? I think. So. I think that's, that's actually George R. That's not George R. R. Martin's one contribution was that last thing he said. It's all gone a bit Pete Tong, and that's it. That was his design doc. In reviews land this week, we caught up with Game Pass game and other platforms, uh, Loot River, um, which I had a chance to play, which I thought was great, kind of pixel roguelite, um, which is a combination of Souls meets Tetris. I think Donlan said in his review. Uh, so on the right stick, you move the platforms. Uh, that you're on. And it feels great because they really speedily kind of skim across the water. And it means that you can time your approach to enemies. You can sort of zip up to the platform and hit them because the like Monster Hunter and Souls, your weapon hits take a long time and kind of leave you exposed. So it's kind of about timing that. Uh, and it's a nice world with a kind of nice sort of intriguing fiction in this strange, very Souls-like. It just plonks you in a place and, and is then like, this is a weird, strange place where, uh, and you have to try and fight your way through it. Um, from a Slovakian studio as well, which, which I like. So give that a try. Um, a game I'm currently playing at the moment, and maybe there will be a, re a review of it uh, today when you're listening to this, is called Songs of Conquest. Um, and I thought it was quite telling when I was in uh, the office the other day and a colleague walked over and went, is that Age of Wonders? And I was like, no. And then went, oh, <laughs> is it Heroes of Might and Magic? And I was like, no. Um, but maybe from those uh, references, you can 
kind of get a picture of what it's like. Um, it's, I've sort of I saw, missed those conversations of someone coming over and looking over your shoulder and giving yeah. you a running commentary of the game you're playing in the office. It's <laughs> nice to have that back a little bit. So it's a mash of these games. Um, again, Pixel, Pixel Light has a kind of um, Octopath Traveler look, uh, almost identical um, in some ways. Um, and you, write, you walk a kind of hero character around a map collecting um, all of these kind of loot and power-up pieces, and then you uh, craft a settlement um, on the same screen, on the same map screen, um, and you gather an army, and then in grid-based combat, uh, you fight other armies. Uh, and it's really snappy, uh, it's really stylish, um, and I really, really like it. So look out for a review on that soon. It's just come out in early access, so you could just play it now instead. But obviously, sounds like reads like a recommended. Does it does it does read like a recommended? Um, in features this week, um, we have Martin, uh, you writing about there was an Xbox online outage um, at the weekend uh, just past, um, and some people this left people unable to play some of the games they own. And it kind of reminded everyone of this era of Microsoft pre-Xbox One, just in the lead up to Xbox One, uh, where Microsoft had these big ideas about digital rights management um, and how you would own games and where you'd be able to play them. Uh, and of course, it became quite notorious and then got scrapped um, as the console era approached. Um, but it brought back those kind of feelings. And I guess the question of can we trust Microsoft still? Have they got some big dirty plan in the wings? Or is this just some lingering stuff? Well, no, I think they've been quite open about their plan. Um, and it's just, it's funny how yeah, all those years ago, um, obviously that famous op-ed, that brilliant op-ed um, from Tom Brownwell about Microsoft kills game, game ownership and expects us all to smile. And obviously there was pushback on that and it kind of, that Xbox One reveal set Microsoft down that horrible path in which they spent a lot of the last nine years recovering from. Um, but the funny thing is, is that, um, so they kind of did kill off game ownership, and it's not just Microsoft. It's just happened. It's happened uh, everywhere in games and everywhere across all media. And I think we've all been blinded by the convenience of um, streaming services and subscription services and uh, amazing things like Game Pass as well to just not care that much. Basically, that happened, and it's just like oh, I and mean, then you just you just turn around, look, and you realise that thing that you was um, really irate about and really were protective of a few years ago just happened uh, quietly and slowly. Um, which is, yeah, it's a bit of a shame, uh, obviously, but uh, it was a kind of, the outage was quite strange. And I, it was down to a lot of confusion in terms of policy, um, in terms of how Microsoft approaches stuff. And they did say they're going to address it. I'm not sure if they ever did, because uh, they said something about like, that. They said there'd be an update. Yeah, but that hasn't arrived yet, has it? No. I, think I, think was, I was I, expecting it to happen sooner. Yeah, I think they're going to just completely change the way it works and to yeah. ensure that you can play games offline essentially i think um, they will as well and they'll be more transparent about it i think that was a problem as well because this happened over the weekend and everyone realized microsoft aren't actually too good at explaining what their policies <laughs> are or, or have been and there's no way you can kind of point towards to say this is exactly how it works and even when the error pops up on your console it's really i'm sure you've had a microsoft error before on your console it's just a long string of numbers and letters and everything's <laughs> like i have no idea what this is and then you spend about 20 minutes trying to copy it out into google to see what it is <laughs> or but, put it yeah. in twitter to so hopefully someone else is having it at the same time <laughs> uh, and so i think hopefully it's gonna get, um just yeah give them a bit of a nudge to actually sort this stuff out and have better messaging when it comes to those errors and um a bit more transparency when it comes to their policies on this stuff as well. I really enjoyed your piece on that. I thought it was really good. It was exactly the kind of what what's needed. They just need to come clean 
and yeah. that's that's the thing, right? Um, they've said they will. I think they've said they, they will. They said they will. Um, and uh, yeah, I was. I get a bit optimistic. I think I was expecting a kind of an update within forty-eight hours of it happening, but um, obviously things aren't exactly that quick, especially in a big corporation like Microsoft. Uh, and so, it, if it is going to be a case of clearing those policies up and kind of reviewing them, it's going to be a little while longer, I guess, until we see the fruits of what they're doing. Let's wait for Big Phil to to wade in. Uh, and he does. Us. He should say something. He does need to. I think. Yeah. Tell us what's up. Um, Martin, you also wrote about F1 this week, which is not a surprise. Uh, at any, at any given week, you could write about um, F1. Any, any excuse whatsoever, basically, I'll write so about F1. I'm going to pretend to understand what, what, what you wrote. And, and that's the um, Codemasters. I'm just going to basically say what the headline was. Uh, Codemasters faces the same balancing act with its series of games um, as F1, the real sport, uh, is facing with balancing what it's doing. Yeah, well, just like F1 is basically more popular than it ever has been before right now. Um, uh, we had a, re a, a, a race in Miami at the weekend, which was kind of the, um, the point at which F1 finally broke America, America something it's been trying to do for well, as long as I've been alive, basically. As long as I've been watching F1, it's always been like, oh, can the sport break America? They don't care about it. They just care about NASCAR. And I think viewership, oh, right. figures, for, um, viewership figures for the Miami race on Sunday fell only slightly short of, I think there's a NASCAR race in Darlington at the weekend. But it was um, it was the most encouraging it's ever been. It was it was crazy, kind of the sold out, sold out stands and American fans actually understanding what the sport is as well, thanks to um, Drive to Survive. Um, and it's just pushing the sport to a bigger audience. But it's always going to be difficult because of you've got people like me who are grumpy and everything, and it's like, oh, F1's not what it used to be. It shouldn't be about racing around a car park uh, with like with a fake marina and stuff like this, and how it's all about the show. And it's not about two hours. It's like F1 should be about having a nap for two hours in an afternoon where you just watch cars go around in circles, not this newfangled thing where you've got overtaking assists and there's action all, all the time and stuff like that. So it's and Codemasters has that same balancing act basically, where it's got a it's got a game which was it started off quite modestly, um, and kind of has that sim aspect to it as well, and was playing to what is like it is in terms of obviously um, motorsports. It's a big audience, but in terms of wider sports like f1's not as big as uh, as, as big as football yet um i haven't yeah. said that actually yeah i haven't said that i thought like at the grand prix do attract a similar audience to world cups but um but anyway f1 isn't as uh as quite as big as um like f1 isn't the biggest fifa yet but with the right wind it could be because the sport's getting that popular and codemasters has that uh, that balancing act of having to cater for people like me with a special seat and a, my own little vr headset and people who just want to play something more akin to mario kart basically do you mean f1 isn't as big as ea sports fc yet <laughs> not yet it's ea sports f1 as well well um okay um just quickly uh we had also in features, we had a more in-depth look at um, what appears to be a blossoming Indonesian independent game-making scene, um, which recently and sadly, of course, lost uh, a star in the making, um, Coffee Talk creator Farmi, um, whose comments are featured in the piece with the permission um, of his family. Um, we also had uh, Scott McRae writing about what he thinks is the best and most overlooked Zelda game, Minish Cap or Minish Cap, I'm not sure how you pronounce that. Is he right? Which is the best Zelda game? Uh, Which uh, is the best Zelda how, game? How long have you got? Uh, um, like Minish, a minute. Minish Cap is one of the Capcom ones, and 
I believe I could be wrong because obviously the original uh, Oracle of uh, Ages and Oracle of Seasons were both directed by uh, someone who went on to join Nintendo from Capcom and directed a um, little-known game called Breath of the Wild, which many people would consider to be the best. Many people would consider that to be the best Zelda game. I certainly would. Um, and so uh, I think Minish Cap, I think it was Minish Cap was directed by him as well. But it's a yeah, I sort of agree as well. Um, it's a beautifully if you've never played it before. Uh, it's like a beautifully idiosyncratic take on Zelda with this like little shrinking mechanic in it. Um, it looks absolutely gorgeous. And wouldn't it be great if you could play it on your Nintendo Switch? But sadly, that's not possible just yet. Wes, do you, do you have a favorite favorite Zelda game? Have you ever played a Zelda game, Wes? Yes, I have. Um, I've played Ocarina of Time from start to finish and Wind Waker from start to finish and then sort of dropped off. Um, I, I, so having only played two of them, I would say it's uh, Ocarina of Time. <laughs> Good shout. Uh, yeah. Good shout. I, I would go Wind Waker, but um, again, I, I haven't played many of them, so uh, I'm, I'm in a similar boat. Um, well, thank you. That's, that's this week. That's, that's clever, by the way. Wind, yeah. The boat oh, reference. Was that like deliberate? That. Yeah. Yes, there's no idea what he's done, does he? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what I just did. Wind um, Waker's got a boat in it. You, you sail around in a boat and you just went, I'm in a similar boat. I thought you were being next level, like, <laughs> you, you just let, like, you're on f- playing 4D chess. I'll edit that out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you both for joining me. That's this week in brief. Thank you, Martin. Thank you. And thank you, Wesley. Cheers. Um, We'll be back at the same time next week. See you then.